My Town, live with Rod Hawker. Welcome back to 100.9 The Line. We're serving our community with information and news from both sides of the Mason-Dixon line. And we're practicing social distancing. So we're having our interviewees call in each day. And we are north of the Mason-Dixon line this morning. I've got Mr. Alan Kaufman on the line. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Rod. How are you this morning? I am fantastic. Thanks for calling in today. So, Alan, you've been involved with Borough Council for over 20 years. Just tell me a little bit about your experience on the Borough Council of Chambersburg. Well, I, I started my uh, uh, part as Borough Council about 26 years ago now. Uh, so I've seen a lot of different things happen over the years and worked with a lot of different councils. Uh-huh. And what is you're, you're still sitting on the council, and what is your function? Uh, my function right now is to represent the the first word of Chambersburg, which is basically the north end of town. And also I'm working uh, with the human resources people on uh, on hiring issues as well. Okay. And well, I also sit on planning and zoning with you and <laughs> and, uh, and a few few other things that we do, but uh We've not done much with planning and zoning over the last couple months, have we? No, we haven't done much this year. It seems like, boy, oh, days. It seems like forever since we had a meeting. And that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you. How are borough council meetings being conducted currently? Well, the the last council meeting that that we had, or the last two, uh, there were enough people showed up uh, to have a quorum. And for us, that's six out of ten of our uh, council members. Uh, the requirement wasn't there for everybody to come in. Uh, matter of fact, I was told I could set this last one out if I wanted to, but I wasn't elected to set things out. So, so I went. I was number the number seven person that was there, uh, and we did have enough people to conduct business. Uh, everybody was social distanced. Uh, everybody had a had a mask on, which is a little bit different. And everybody had their temperature taken before we started our meeting. Oh. Uh, and we only had one person show up from the public for that meeting, and they didn't stay for the whole time. The meeting was not long, mm-hmm. about 45 minutes. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's changed things uh, tremendously. I never thought I would see anything like this. Yeah, I got you. So during that meeting, did you guys uh, discuss the pool situation there at the Chambersburg Borough, the aquatic center? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because that's a topic of discussion, I understand, for this coming Monday night, which will be our next council meeting. Uh, and, and there'll be a decision made one way or another with it. Uh, basically, I think uh, they're going to follow the governor's guidelines uh, with with the, the things that are happening now. And, and if they do not get the green light to, to open probably by the 3rd or 4th of July, I, I would expect that uh, the pool probably will not open this year. That's just my guess. That's not any policy, but that's just where I think we're at. Yeah, well, that's along the lines of what uh, I saw out of Jeff Stone's Hill, Hill's uh, release there, that uh, if they don't open by July 4th, it's not fiscally responsible for them to open for six or seven weeks. They just can't make it. Uh, one, yeah. of the, one of the interesting things I saw in that letter was that uh, they claim for the first two years they've had uh, an overage uh, they were able to bank some money because they exceeded their expectations and they were able to put money in the bank to cover uh, for future maintenances. So, but now that might come in handy uh, because there's a big ticket that, uh, to uh, for upkeep and so forth, I guess, with no revenues coming in. 
Yeah, the, the thing to remember about the pool, and a lot of people seem to get lost with it, uh, the pool is not a, we can't make a profit on something as a borough, as a government entity. But the, the fact of the matter is they had more money than what the expenses were. But you have to remember that the recreation department and, and those fees for people that go swimming are not supporting the building of the pool. The taxpayers of Chambersburg are paying for this pool, regardless of whether it's open or whether it's closed. No, I know they're paying for the pool, and it's a sore spot with me because, for me, it's almost $4,000 because it's a 25-year commitment on taxes at $150 at $150 a year, $4,000 for something I'm never going to use and didn't get to vote on. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a sore spot. And, uh, you know, I guess a lot of people don't even know that, or they just see their tax bill, they pay it, it's an escrow, they don't really look into this kind of stuff. So these are the kind of things that it is important to have local government leaders uh, making good decisions. And that's why I'm glad that you're on the board, Alan, because you make good decisions. Uh, thinking, thinking for a change is what we like to say around here. Yeah, well, I, I like to think that I make good decisions, but I was, I was the only person on this council or the last council that voted against doing this. Uh, I, I was not in favor of building this pool. Uh, we took a loan for $9.75 million, and all that, all that money is eventually going to go to recreation. That's a lot of money to spend on recreation, and especially with the pool, because the pool is used roughly 100 days a year. So, uh, you know, like you, you, like yeah. you said, we're paying for this for 25 years. Uh, so now I guess we're down to about, after this year, about 22 more years to pay for it. Uh, and I just don't see, at the end of that time, I doubt that tax will go away. I've never seen a tax go away. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with you 100%, Alan. And that's what I said, too. I said, well, now, why in the world are you spending, and I said $8 million. I didn't realize, I knew it was over 8 but Well, I, it's, you know. that's about what it was for the pool. But mm-hmm. the total loan that was taken out, the bond that was taken out, was $9.75 million. Wow. And, you know, for something that's open uh, two and a half months out of the year, basically, I think is just not a good decision. I mean, that's where I have the issue. I mean, if you want to do something, spend it for something that's going to be open all year long that the residents can enjoy year round. And uh, and that makes sense. But anyways, well, Alan, we're, we're running out of time here in the first segment. I got to get a word in from our sponsor. We're going to be back with you. This is 100.9 The Line. My Town, live with Rod Hawker. Welcome back to 100.9 The Line with information news from both sides of the Mason-Dixon line. And I've got Mr. Alan Kaufman uh, from the borough of Chambersburg there, sits on the board. Oh, man, thanks a lot, Alan, for being with me again this morning. Uh, Thanks for that information on the first segment. We learned a lot. Of course, as always, I know you're a plethora of information. So uh, that's why I wanted to have you on. Alan, I'm going to touch base uh, on this right now. Yesterday, Mr. Beach, Walt Beach, the mayor of Chambersburg, came out with a statement. Uh, Alice Aaliyah came out with a statement out of the borough regarding this COVID-19 declaration order. Um, have you had a chance to see the, the letters that have been put out? I, I read both letters uh, yesterday. Oh, right. And can I ask you, what, what's your take on uh, what you read from uh, Alice Aaliyah? She's currently the president of the Chambersburg Borough Council. It was a little peculiar to see a letter coming out from uh, Borough Council, uh, the way this was worded and uh, and so forth. I didn't understand it a whole lot, but uh, that's why I'm asking you, because uh, 
you're a good man. You're a smart man. So what's your take on these these two letters? Well, let, let's take the, the first one there, there with the president of the council. Uh, it's my understanding that that letter was presented as her personal opinion, not the opinion of Chambersburg Borough Council. Uh, personally, when I was in that position as president of council, I don't know that I would have written that letter uh, that she wrote. I don't under, quite understand the purpose of it. Other than the fact that as I read it, I got a, a lot of feelings there that what she's doing is supporting the governor's position uh, with his shutdown. That, that's what I basically took out of it. Uh, but if we move to the mayor's left. Well, let, I, let's, I let me just stop. Let me just stop you right there, uh, Alan. And you're, you're exactly correct. And in her letter, she states state health data shows that zip code 17201, largely occupied by the borough chamber, accounts for nearly half of the COVID-19 cases in Franklin County. Well, anybody that's done any kind of research at all knows that that may be true, but they're all in the nursing homes. I mean, three quarters of them are in the nursing homes, and that's where all these deaths are. So, I mean, to make a blanket statement like that is uh, unconscionable, and it doesn't sound very uh, responsible to me. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you, Rod, I, I've looked at the numbers. Uh, Doug Mastriano has done a wonderful job getting information out on that to his constituents. And I was watching. He, he's been doing this for fi- over 50 days now. And when the numbers took a jump here a couple of weeks back, they had 10 deaths that happened in a matter of one day. Mm-hmm. That, that's I remember when that. I started figuring that there's something wrong with the numbers because I didn't believe those numbers. Uh, and since then, we've found out that the, the numbers are skewed. Uh, even the coroners weren't being kept in the loop. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows about deaths in the county, it should be the county coroners. And I have a lot of faith in Jeff Connor and knowing what that number would be. But... Uh, yeah, I, I, I do as well. Looking at Levine's numbers, I don't believe any of that stuff that no. comes out of Harrisburg. Liars figure and figures lie. So uh, that's it. <laughs> hey, so let's bounce over to Mayor uh, Mayor Beach's letter. Then, what's your take on that? Well, I, I read that, and basically, to me, I, I took it that he was reinforcing. I think what he had said some time back. Uh, I think the department. Uh, the take that I got from it is the department is in an education mode that they're going to go out and give people two pieces of paper. The the one that says what businesses can be open and the other one from the Department of Health, which comes from Dr. Levine. Um, and they're going to give them those and, and tell them that, uh, you know, that that's what the that's what's going on with the state. I do not see these officers going out and writing citations or tickets or whatever you want to call it. He doesn't come out and say that in, in that letter, I don't think. But, but that's what I take out of it, and that's what I think where the department will be as a whole. I don't, I don't think they're going to use this as a mass enforcement tool at all. Yeah. Well, because, uh, you know, I don't know how many businesses you have in the first ward over there where you're at, but I, not, I, not many. I just see, Alan, uh, the, these poor businesses are dying on the vine, and there's already several that have closed their doors for good. They just can't stay stand two months without any revenues and without any relief. I mean, uh, I don't know what to do or say about it other than, that, hey, man, we've got to get on with getting on here. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's the, kind of the way I see it. Uh, are you familiar with the signs that have been placed on Route 11 going into Chambersburg, Route 30, the blinking signs, uh, this is a red zone and all that jazz? Yes. Who's, who's responsible for that? Do you know, Alan, is that a borough function or, or was, where does that come from? 
that was decided to be, I don't know where exactly the decision came from, but that was a borough decision. The borough is paying for those signs. And I think in the if it hasn't already been changed, the message has been is going to change probably in the next couple of days. Uh, they're on all the major entrance to the borough. Uh, I don't know what the cost is for those. I should I should know that. Uh, but and I'm not sure at this point what effect they have on the population that daily comes into to Chambersburg. I don't know if there's a use for them anymore at this time. I guess that's what I'm saying. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's a scare tactic is what I saw when I first saw those. And I actually was at the grocery store, and I heard a lady asking one of the tellers that was reading her out about it. She said, is this is there a breakout here? Is this what, what's going on? I saw this sign. And, and you know, yeah. this, this person had no idea what Chambersburg Borough was all about, apparently. And what I took away from it is here's these businesses downtown that are able to be open, trying to keep their doors open, trying yeah. to make a buck. And they've got these scare signs you know, coming into the borough. Well, people are just going, oh, I ain't going downtown. There must be an outbreak or something. It just it didn't seem conscionable to me. Yeah, I, I think that should come up as a topic of discussion on this coming Monday night's meeting. But to, to kind of take that story a bit further. I talked to people who came back from Florida within the last week, and they said during that whole trip, which was over a 1,000 miles, the only real sign they saw of, of COVID-19 was when they came into Chambersburg. I don't think anyone saw a sign there. So, so other than that, their, their word to me was the, the rest of the country is almost operating as normal. Not yeah, totally. I get but, you. But a lot of uh, people that are not wearing masks and and not this uh, this feeling of fear that some people seem to be throwing into it. Yeah. Well, Alan, let me ask you about the borough meeting then Monday night. It is at 7 o'clock in Borough Hall. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And as far as the general public goes, they can come? Absolutely. And do they need to wear a mask to get into the no, building? Probably, How does this work? They, they probably they probably should wear wear a mask. That's what's being recommended now, and uh, they will be subject to uh, have their temperature taken as they come in. And if it's below a hundred, uh, they can come in and, and social distance in the room and and listen to the uh, proceedings of the meeting. And then they can also comment. Is that correct? Yes, that is, yeah, there's no change in the agenda. So, yes, there there would be time for, for the public to come forward and talk about things that are not on the agenda. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, my temperature might be below 100 when I go in, but it'd probably be well over 100 when I leave. <laughs> All right, Alan, well, listen, it's 7.51 in the morning. I've got to get out of here. As always, I appreciate you calling in. A plethora of information. Thank you for the serv- your service to the borough. Thanks for your service on P&Z, Planning and Zoning. Hope to see you soon, my friend. I hope so, too, Rod. Good talking with you. All right. Have a great day. This is 100.9 The Line.